Today we're reading from Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 35. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, And when they did not find his body, they came back, saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of God. Good morning, church. And good morning to all of you who are watching us online. It's good that we can be together on this very special day because we are here to celebrate because Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, on this very special day, we pray that you would draw near to us. We pray that you would 
come and meet us, Lord, that you would open our eyes so that we can see, so that we can see you, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would soften our hearts so that that can happen. Lord, um, give us eyes to see and hearts to hear and give us a new, a new love for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. On the afternoon of that very first Easter, two weary and dejected travelers were leaving the city of Jerusalem. And they were heading back to their village, a village called Emmaus, about seven miles away. As they walked along the road, they couldn't help but recount all the things that they had witnessed over the past few days while they had been in Jerusalem. And they were sad, sad because only three days earlier, Jesus of Nazareth, a prophet who was in words and deeds, had done many great and mighty things, had been condemned and crucified. They had hoped, they had had great hope in him. They had hoped that he was the Messiah, the one who would redeem their people, their people, the people of Israel. But now, by his crucifixion, their hope was tossed into the garbage can. They had even heard that there were some amazing stories that Jesus was still alive. Some women followers of Jesus had gone to his tomb just that morning. And while they were there, they found it empty. The women said that they had seen a vision of angels who told them that Jesus was alive. But Cleopas and his companion, they weren't buying any of that. They weren't believing that story. They were just sad. Now, at this point, today's scripture reading tells us that Jesus himself drew near to them, drew near to Cleopas and his companion there as they walked down the road. But then the Bible tells us, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Why do you suppose, why do you suppose that was? Why were their eyes kept from recognizing him? Were they so sure that no dead person could possibly ever come back to life that their eyes refused to see the person who was standing right there beside them? Or do you suppose it was more a heart problem than an eye problem? Do you suppose that human sin keeps all of us from seeing Jesus, even when he's right beside us? 
Whatever the reason that they didn't recognize him right then, Jesus came up to Cleopas and his companion, engaging them in conversation. Now, at first glance, you might wonder why Jesus even bothered to start a conversation with them. Why would he want to have a conversation with Cleopas and his companions? companion? As one writer put it, why didn't Jesus just run up to them and say, hey guys, it's me, it's me, it's Jesus. Why didn't he do that? But you see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is more than simply the revival of a dead man. Jesus didn't die and rise again just to say, hey, look at me. Jesus explained the purpose of why he came to earth. It's recorded in Luke 19, verse 10. And he said this, he said, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus has come to seek and to save people from sin and death through faith in him. And that's why Jesus that day started a conversation with Cleopas and his companion, so that they too might receive the benefit of his death, namely the forgiveness of sin, and the benefit of his resurrection, victory over death. It's why, it's why he drew close to them that day. He wanted to show them more than just simply that he was alive. He wanted to give them a gift. It's why he draws near and seeks any of us today. It's why he speaks to us still, so that we too might find salvation through faith in Jesus Christ our Lord. And so Jesus approached Cleopas and his companion there on the road. He didn't engage them in any arguments. He didn't even try to cheer them up in their sadness. He just very gently asked them a question. What is this conversation you're holding with each other as you walk? And then Cleopas turned to Jesus. Now think about this for a moment. Jesus was the one who knew more than anyone what had happened there on the cross as he died. And he knew better than anyone what had happened in the tomb when he was raised from the dead. And so how ironic is this question that Cleopas put to him? Cleopas said to Jesus, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened? Imagine. And Jesus replied, What things? It was then that the two travelers explained to Jesus just how crushed they were by Jesus' crucifixion. They had put such high hopes in him. But their hopes had turned to despair because they had seen what happened. He was crucified and dead. 
Well, at this point, Jesus did something very significant. He directed their attention to the scriptures, the word of God. Now remember, Jesus' purpose, his purpose in coming to earth, as he, as he said himself, is to seek and to save the lost. To seek and to save Cleopas and his companion. That was what he was attempting to do right now on the road. To bring them to faith. And notice how he did it. He did it by pointing them to the word of God. You know, so often we look for faith in all the wrong places. D.L. Moody once said, I prayed for faith and thought that someday it would come down and strike me like lightning. But faith didn't seem to come, said, said Moody. And then one day he said, I read in Romans that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Moody went on, I had up to this time closed my Bible and prayed for faith. Now I opened my Bible and began to study and said, Moody, my faith has been growing ever since. To find faith, go to God's word. That's what Jesus is telling us here. And so Jesus did exactly that. He practiced what he preached. Hearing the despair of Cleopas and his companion, Jesus told them not to be foolish. Not to be foolish and slow to believe what all the prophets had already written in the scriptures. It's right there in front of you, he's saying. It's right there in front of your eyes, Jesus explained to them. The prophets in the scriptures had made it clear that Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ had to suffer. He had to suffer before he could enter his glory. And then Jesus took Cleopas and his companion and he took them through the scriptures, opening them to him, opening them, opening the scriptures to Cleopas and his companion and pointing to them how all the scriptures pointed, all the scriptures of the Old Testament had as their focus Jesus, the Messiah. And as these scriptures were opened, they began to see that the Messiah had to suffer and what he had to undergo. All the scriptures were pointing to Jesus. All the scriptures, beginning with Moses, he took them through the scriptures. And by Mo when it says in here, beginning with Moses, it means all the books that Moses wrote. In other words, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And then he took the prophets, the prophetic books of the Old Testament. Jesus interpreted these scriptures as well, explaining how they all witnessed to him. Well, today's reading doesn't tell us exactly what books or what passages in the Old Testament Jesus 
Jesus referenced there that day. But it's pretty clear that he must have had, he must have spoken some of the most, some of the most well-known passages of the Old Testament that all point to him. Passages like Deuteronomy 18.15 that says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, said Moses, a prophet from among you, and it is to him that you shall listen. And Psalms like Psalm 2, which speaks of God's Son. The Lord said to me, you are, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. And Psalm 118, verse 21, that says, The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Jesus, despised and rejected, became the cornerstone of our faith. And then there were all the prophets, all the prophets who spoke of the one to come. Prophets like Isaiah. Isaiah in chapter 53, verse 5, spoke of the Messiah this way. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace. And by his wounds, we are healed. And then there was the prophet Daniel. Daniel who said, Then there shall come one day like a son of man, and his dominion shall be everlasting, and his kingdom shall not be destroyed. And then there were the prophetic words of Hosea from Hosea 6.2. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. Well, you can see over and over and over again, and these were only a few of the Old Testament passages which Jesus must have opened for Cleopas and his companion that day. But as Jesus turned his attention and focused their attention upon God's word, something happened. Something happened. Faith, faith was beginning to grab hold of them. Faith was gaining a grip on their hearts. And later on, they looked back on these moments and they remembered something. And they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road? And while he opened to us the scriptures, the seed of faith, which was taking root as Jesus opened the scriptures to them, caused them to want to stay with Jesus. They didn't want Jesus to go any further. They wanted Jesus to stay with them. There was something about Jesus that they were drawn to. The Bible tells us they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is now toward evening, and the day is now far spent. And so Jesus went inside with them, and at the supper table, he took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to them. And in that very moment, the Bible tells us 
Their eyes were opened and they recognized him. This was the decisive moment when they recognized Jesus. When they saw Jesus for who he really is. The Messiah, their Savior, their Lord. Alive and risen from the dead. This meal that they ate reminds us, brings to mind another meal. Another meal in the Bible. When Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden, Genesis 3-7 tells us that as Adam and Eve ate, the eyes of both of them were opened and they recognized that they were naked. In that moment of rebellion, their eyes were open to sin. Adam and Eve lost their intimacy with God. They no longer walked with him in the garden. They hid from God. One writer I read pointed out this. He said, for just as the meal of Genesis 3 was the critical moment of eye-opening for Adam and Eve, turning them away from God, so the meal at the table with Jesus was the critical moment of eye-opening for Cleopas and his companion, turning them back to God. What was lost in the Garden of Eden, communion with God, was found on the road to Emmaus. Jesus, who came to seek and to save the lost, restored for Cleopas and his companion their lost communion with God. Jesus, risen from the dead, still comes and meets us on this road of life that we're all walking down. Jesus comes and meets us. Jesus, who came to seek and to save what was lost, restored Cleopas and, and his companion. And Jesus restores us as well. He meets us on the road of life, restoring our communion with God. The communion that all too often we didn't even realize we'd lost in the first place. Jesus, you see, opens our eyes. Opens our eyes to our salvation, to the salvation which he brings to us. As the words of the song Amazing Grace put it, I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. In response, in response to what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, in response, what can we do? What can we do except shout hallelujah? Well, today's reading doesn't end there either. Once Jesus had accomplished 
his purpose with Cleopas and his companion. He vanished from their sight. He had done the work that he needed to do, and now it was up to them. What had happened to Cleopas and his companion was far, far too good, too important, too wonderful to keep to themselves. Jesus, the risen Lord, had come, bringing them forgiveness of sin, opening their eyes, showing them, showing them that he is God and he is love and he has come to save our souls. Jesus, the risen Lord, comes bringing forgiveness of sin, enabling us to have life, life in all its fullness, life as it was meant to be, a life now connected to God, not separated from him. Cleopas and his companion had received this good news, and now it was too good to keep to themselves. They had to go and share it. So what did they do? Well, they turned right around. They turned right around and headed back to Jerusalem. Imagine that. By now it was nighttime. Night travel was dangerous back then. No street lights. Bandits lurking in the, in the darkness. But that didn't stop them. As Paul wrote to the Corinthians, Christ's love compels us. Christ's love pushes us out to share that love. His love compels us to tell others, to tell others about Jesus and his amazing love. When they arrived, back in Jerusalem that night, they found the other disciples who told them that they too had met the risen Lord. And as Cleopas and his companion told them what happened on the road and how Jesus was recognized in the breaking of bread, there must have been a celebration like you can't even imagine. A celebration so great We can only imagine the laughter, the tears, the hugs. The lost had been found. The lost had been found. It all began on the road that day. And it has continued ever since on the road that you and I walk down as we walk our lives through life. Jesus, risen from the dead, meets us. He meets us, bringing us forgiveness and bringing us newness of life, life as we had never known it before. We who've been lost are found. And that's why we rejoice. That's why on this day we rejoice. Because Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Let's pray.
Lord Jesus, you are risen from the dead. And, we, and I pray that you would meet each of us on the roads that we walk down. Lord, we long for you to come, especially to our, our friends and our family who don't know you. This news is too good to keep to ourselves. Help us to share it. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, open our eyes, Lord. Open our eyes that we may see you and bring glory to your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let's stand and sing together. Amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now.
chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but into the world in the power of the risen Christ and let his light, his love, and his life shine forth through you, bringing glory to your Father who is in heaven. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore.